Hello, everyone. Can you hear me all right? Hear me okay? Hi. It doesn't sound like I'm on, that's all. Hello. That's sounding good? It is very quiet. That's better. Thank you, Ray. Hello. I'm Ross. I go to this church. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Samuel, thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Can we thank Samuel, please? And the rest of the team. Really, really beautiful morning this morning. Mm. That was not so pretty. Um, I'm the guy this morning. It's been a week. <clears throat> Last time I talked at the beginning of Mel and Andrew going on holidays, I bring a message about finding the will of God um, and how he has a will for us. Um, and I spoke about getting those two things, that he is our Father and that he is good, squared away, settled in our hearts and our minds once and forever, once and for all, as a base rock to working with him. And then I went on through to talk about leading, uh, looking, not moving without leading, about then choosing um, something rather than wavering around, uh, and then I went on to talk about being yourself, which is a beautiful and creative thing because uh, that's what God is about, us becoming who we were born to be. Yeah. Um, so I talked a lot last time about God having a, a, his will for us. This time I want to kind of bookend this month with kind of the opposite of that. And it's not, a, it's not an easy topic. <laughs> as I found in my lead up to it, but um, the reality is that um, our enemy also has a will for us. Something we don't talk about a lot, mainly because, look, there's a lot to be said about this, but it really quickly and really easily veers into negative places. And it's not a, a beautiful place to dwell to think about what is against us and to allow our hearts to imagine what the dark realm is really like. Um, there's plenty of movies, though, that help us do it, The Lord of the Rings being one of the higher ones. It's a good thing to not spend a lot of time speaking of our enemy. Um, when we do, it seems to build fear. People's eyes go wide. Um, and they tumble easily and capitulate and some people give up. There is a sense of the world is already hard enough. I don't need to know of anything else that is coming against me. Yeah. So I'm not wanting to just spend this whole time talking about the powers of darkness. Um, I, it, but we, we, need, we need to bring it up. I want to use it as a way of contrasting how beautiful our God is. So if your heart is starting to slide into fear, I'm going to say right now, Hold it. In a language that my wife and I learned a very, very long time ago, we in English say, don't be frightened. They would say, don't let fear come. Don't let it sit. Don't let it in the door. So when fear starts to come, that is not from our God. That is not a fruit of the Spirit. And you, it right there. Okay? Stop. In the name of love. Yeah. Okay, um, I remember the Japanese army um, 
literally, and for me, you know, for four or five years, assaulted my family. My mother, well, my uncles and aunties, my grandparents and a great aunt were all prisoners of war um, in Indonesia to the Japanese. And one of the things is you read about that whole army sweeping across Asia is a lot of the, their fighting was already done for them on their reputation alone. And what people surmised and guessed at and what people had heard on rumour and things like that and after the battle was won before they even got there. Some of those things were, were justifiable to be afraid of. But all that said, this is counterproductive to focus on our enemy. It is far better to centre our thoughts on Father and on his kingdom. Agreed? This is, this is where we get our strength. And yet, um, without understanding that we have an enemy, nothing quite makes sense. Some theologians would even go so far as to say, if you take out all that, all the, this whole thing of having an enemy, you've really only got half the gospel. Um, because Jesus, when you look at his life, it would be very hard. We would have a much shorter New Testament if you wrote out all his confrontations and encounters and dealings with the powers of darkness. Again and again and again and again and again and again. And there are thousands more times we trust. Thousands, many, many more moments that are not put down in the Bible. So it happened continually and regularly. He contended continually with the enemy and things against him. So we need to get this sorted. This is one of these things we need to get settled in our mind once and for all. Otherwise, things just continue to never quite make sense. And I speak this from experience. I highly recommend you get a handle on this. John 10.10, 10, that really, really well-known verse, it shall appear. We, um, it nails it. And yet it's saying, don't be ignorant. No thy enemy and many a great battle has been won over history or lost through either knowing your enemy well or not knowing your enemy well the thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy we've got one coin here two sides the thief comes only only i said it to someone before this service this is all they have to do the powers of darkness this is all that they're up to. They only come to steal and kill and destroy. And then Jesus says, but I have come that they may have life and may have it to the full. And this is in the middle of a, 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 a section of scripture where he's talking uh, about sheep and the shepherd and being in the pen and by the gate and they know my name, you know, all that sort of thing. And he's talking quite veiled in, in, in a parable and, and in veiled terms. But suddenly here it's, it slips quite away from the metaphor and he speaks very very directly in this verse yeah there's no cute story here to tease out a meaning from he says the thief and he names him only comes to steal and kill and destroy but i have come that you may have life and have it to the full and we hear that second half again and again and again and we risk becoming immune to it we live so much in god's goodness I hear it again and again and again, life to the full, and I want to unpack this whole verse here a bit by hearing what Jesus has to say about our enemy. This is what he said. These are his words. I wanted to look at steal, kill, and destroy 
so we get a better understanding of the goodness of God. Yeah? Not so that our enemy is glorified. We're not here to do that at all. He is not worthy of that. Um, so, steal, kill and destroy. I'm just going to start on steal. Um, to take something that doesn't belong to you. And I did look at dictionary definition for each of those words, steal, kill and destroy. Um, and to, to steal is to take another person's property without permission or legal right and without intending to return it or give it back. Yeah? And it's, this is our enemy's nature. It's, it, it, it does, it's not just kind of, <laughs> oh, there you go, you can have it back. I'm just teasing. It is gone, his intention, for it to be gone forever. Um, and the things that he steals are just, he's, he's out to steal joy. He's out to steal peace. He's out to steal or blur perspective, um, to create fog. Um, across our perspective, is out to steal innocence. These are the things we see around us all the time, don't we? This is our runaway world. He's out to steal plans. He's out to steal your calling, to counterfeit it with something else, to go, here, this is settled for this. This is pretty similar, you know? Um, he's out to steal our destiny. He's out to steal your glory. And so that something else has been glorified in your life, not God. Something else has been glorified. Your pain, your wounding, your disappointments, work, those things. You have to steal your, your glory and what you were made to be. You have to steal purity. Frankly, he's out to steal anything good. And all of this helps us understand our Father better. Because our Father is the very opposite of this. Um, our Father comes to give back. When, uh, the word restoration is, is used a lot in this church and in many other churches as well. And this is what restoration is about. You know, the things that we have been taken from us that God wants to restore, that God wants to bring back, they've been taken without permission. They've been taken in those low and vulnerable and difficult moments without the intent of them ever coming back. There is not a legal right to take them. Is a dirty fighter. But God restores, God gives back. This is what he's about. This is what we reach out to him for. So much can be lost even by the time somebody's 16 or 17 or 20. Yeah. So he comes to restore Joyce. joy, comes to give back peace. He comes to help us find perspective. He comes to give us back innocence. A few times in my life I've had God restore my innocence in certain areas. Really, really unexpectedly and really, really beautifully and something I could not arrange for. Just, just beautiful. He comes to restore our plans, our calling. He comes to bring light back in. Light that has been stolen. This is what our enemy does. He wants to take the light from the room. Yeah? God comes to bring us back. Our destiny comes to bring us back. Our glory. It's really simple and beautiful stuff, but we need reminding of it. He comes to give us back our purity. 
And he comes to give us back all things that are good. This is our God. This is our God. Yeah? This is what he is like. In blazing contrast to our enemy. To kill. Um, in, this, in, this, in this verse, John 10, 10, the thief, he calls him a thief. And from, from our perspective, most, most thieves only come to take something. You know, maybe knock over a gate, take out a letterbox at the same time, run over some plants, right? And, and something disappears out of our carport. That's what we think of a thief as, you know. Um, but this is an ordinary, ordinary thief. He's a murderer as well. He only comes to steal and kill and destroy. And what does he kill? Um, he comes to kill, I find right at the top, one of the biggest things that I've found hard to keep alive are my dreams. The killer of dreams. Comes to kill an atmosphere as well. We, 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 we contend with that many times right here. And if you've been in, there's, there's Christian meetings that I've been in where the atmosphere has been killed. Where Holy Spirit, where the, the flourishing and the beauty of life hasn't got a chance. Yeah. And when it comes to kill our gifting, it is an incredible threat to him. Hear that? Um, he comes to kill desires, our longings, our hopes, those longings that we have for people, those things that we hold, the desires that we hold for others. He comes to kill those things. And it's unfortunate, but he will go to the length of killing people. And he's a murderer. He will kill people to thwart them, to take them out. It is the truth. He will come to kill our hearts, our self-esteem. You cannot love yourself. Is his heart. That's, that's the heart of our enemy. You can't have people loving themselves or liking themselves or feeling confident. No, no, no. That needs to die. And I don't mean to hammer on the negative but he comes to kill our hopes and he comes to kill trust. Which I find myself saying many, many times over the years to people. I say everything, everything that you go through, every hard time, every difficult thing that you faced is nearly always about building trust. I think it's, I have found that is one of God's highest aspirations for us in our tough times. If we can be untrusting of God and of others, gotcha. Gotcha. It's a biggie to lose. It's a biggie that if it's, that's been put to death. And what does this say about our Father? Okay. The very opposite. He brings things to life. This is our God. This is our God. Yeah. He comes to bring life to dreams. He comes to bring life in the atmosphere that we stand in. He is the life in the atmosphere and the beauty of this place. That's all him. Yeah, he comes to bring life to our gifting, our desires. He comes to bring life to people. You might notice I'm just tracking back through the things that were stolen. 
and just putting God in front of them. He comes to bring life to our hearts, to our self-esteem. He comes to bring life in those places where we don't believe in ourselves. He comes to bring hope, life and hope. And he comes to bring brings trust to life. It's been one of the beautiful things. One of the testimonies of my story is me being able to trust him and trust him and trust him. Because believe me, the longer you walk this life, the harder it is to remain sweet of spirit and trusting of heart. It's a real battle. And I long to just grow sweeter and more innocent and even a little dumber as I get older. <laughs> it is. It is. There's a beautiful word that is often used of Jesus, and I often use it of Mel, that they're guileless. And that is, means they're not conniving and contriving, and they're not scheming in the background, which is an insidious thing, but it is a beautiful quality to have, to be guileless to be almost a little bit too trusting and a little bit over-loving. Yeah? God is the lover of life. He's the giver of life. He's the protector of life. He's the valuer of life. He's the bringer of life and the author of life, the very opposite of a killer and a murderer. This is our God. Yeah? So the thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. And the word destroy, there is a... We lived in Nepal for a while, and there is a, there is a, <laughs> there is a very happy singing boy down the back. <laughs> I'm going to get to him in a moment. Um, <laughs> when, when in India, as part of the Hindu pantheon of gods, there is one called the destroyer. It's one of the most worshipped and significant gods there. And you go, Wow. Out and out, called what it is, you know, the destroyer. I'm not going to mention their name for him. To destroy means to end the existence. To end the existence of something by damaging or attacking it. Now, doesn't that just sum up what it feels like, the crush of life at times? I feel like I am to be destroyed. Hmm. This is our enemy. This is not our God. Uh, his heart is to bring ruin and defeat to these things. And at the top of my list of the things that I see him come after again and again are community and unity. Powerful things. Powerful, powerful things. Strangely, they're at the top of God's list of the things that he wants to bring as well. Interesting how the things that the enemy often most wants to destroy are usually the things that the Trinity is bent on bringing and establishing. Um, he wants to do, our enemy wants to destroy beauty. And I do love our eco-warriors because what they're trying to do is protect and hold beauty on the planet. It is a beautiful place. It is my father's world. He made this exquisite place, this place full of wonders. My goodness, it is giddying. And I, I thank God that, that they're doing that. 
You know, that's a beautiful thing. Um, it's something after God's heart, no matter how they do it sometimes. Um, and enemy wants to come to destroy family, families and friendships. And isn't this just the ground zero of what we all wrestle with? This, welcome to our daily lives. Welcome to the greatest pain. Welcome to the greatest challenges is family and friendships. Oh, my God. It is a battleground that wearies us at times, savagely so, that spins us like nothing else. So much of that is the work of our enemy. I've got to call it. I've got to call it. So much of that is that is not God's heart for us at all. When it's happening, we're not sort of offline and he's punishing and we think God's punishing us. That is not happening. That is not our God. Yeah? We have an enemy. Whether you like it or not, you have to contend with this. Otherwise, a lot isn't going to make sense. It comes to destroy kindness. It comes to destroy grace. It comes to destroy love and compassion and truth. My goodness, the assault on truth. What is true and the blurring of what can be true and what is true and what language we use around true here <laughs> is an exquisite work of our enemy. Right there. He comes to destroy love and forgiveness because we can't have people that are willing to cancel our wrongs. Once people that are uh, want to make the other person the perpetrator, they have to pay. They cannot get away with it. We have to drill them into the ground again and again and again and again. have to rub their nose and they have to feel guilty and they have to feel shamed. And they have to be humiliated. That is our enemy. The very opposite of forgiveness and grace, which is a very different thing. It comes out of our God's pockets. In our God's hands, grace and forgiveness. And in all honesty, it's not nice to think we're nearly done with looking at all that kind of horrid stuff. Um, in all honesty, he's out to destroy mankind. I'll say that again. He's out to destroy mankind. Why? Because we are his beloved. And dig there. If you want to... If you wanna, if you want somebody to, to grow in your understanding, dig there. Am I his beloved? You, we are his beloved. We're the bride. We're the bride. Loved. Pursued. Longed for. Loyalty. You know, that lifelong loyalty to the one other. That is incredibly, I don't know how to explain it, us. We are his beloved. And our enemy does not like that because he wants to be glorified, tried to set himself above God. That's what he went after. We are God's beloved, set just above the angels. What does this say about our Father? <laughs> the very opposite of a destroyer is a creator. And this is our God. Creator God. This is our God. He comes to bring, to create community, 
to create unity. His heart is for this. He lives in community. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit and the hosts of heaven. He is not alone. He is not an old man alone on a distant throne that no one can go near. He lives in the wild unity and beauty of the Trinity and always has. Before all things, somehow. Don't ask me to explain it. But this is our God. He comes to create beauty. And it's, it's something that I've just become a disciple of is... Uh, <laughs> I've just asked many times I think it's kind of natural in my heart anyway, but I've asked many times Father, make me a student of your beauty a comprehender of all things beauty let me see beauty where it's just been walked past where it's just been scattered and left and abandoned please let me see beauty because it's not just in nature it is profoundly in nature and nature is under incredible assault all the time. It's not just there, but it can be found in other places, although nature is always restorative out in nature, in the beauty. Uh, we find something of the garden, we find something of Eden back there, and that's why it restores us. Yeah? God comes to create families and friendships. That's what we, that's, what we, that's our passion for here family life you know that we want to create and with all the challenges and all the risks that come with getting close to people and all the pitfalls and all the problems that comes out of that we still want that it's still because it's still father's heart and we still chase it and we still long for it and we still try to grab it to bring it to hold it wherever we can as leadership too and, and, and in, in amongst us it is a deep value of ours because it's a deep value of God, of his heart. He comes to create kindness. I have started saying to people, you might want to start buying shares or floating shares in kindness. Because I think one day it's going to be so rare upon the earth that you're going to be able to buy. It's going to go for a fortune, being able to actually purchase. It's going to be so rare. It feels that way um, that somebody should start shares in kindness, so that one day we're going to have, we may have to purchase it. It seems to be getting so rare. He comes to create grace or grace-filled places where people don't get what they deserve. He comes to create love. He is truth. He is truth. But he comes to build and create stronger truth and clearer truth in our hearts and in our lives. This is our God. Yeah comes to create love, compassion and forgiveness. Done a big thing with forgiveness. It was a massive effort. Huge. Centerpiece of it all in ways. In some ways. And right at the end of it all he he created us. He created mankind. And he loves us more than we can imagine. So um Andrew asked me to do a short message this week, so <laughs> I think I might nail it. <laughs> a few things to end with um, here. And I, I just want to talk about opposition. And I didn't realise how pertinent this would be um, for this week. Um, 
just just coming towards here, even this morning in here, we found ourselves under a quite a significant opposition. Yeah? Um, and I want to talk into that, how we contend with that, because we often misinterpret it. And one of the things to probably put right at the top of that, a prescription to that, a disclaimer to that, is people are not our enemy. The people through whom it is erupting or through whom it is jumping on, how it manifests in them, how they behave, that is they are not our enemy. That's not what we go after. Not to hammer them anyway. We go after them to rescue them, to love them. Yes. I've just got three points. The first one, um, back around. Take note. Take note. You who are older, take note of the young ones who come under opposition. Take note. Please have the eyes to see the young ones that are under opposition because often something glorious lies within their future that our enemy has perceived. Yeah? That our enemy has perceived and sensed one of my sons, the amount of opposition that that young man has endured is staggering and some of it has even come from me misunderstanding the journey, misunderstanding his heart, misunderstanding God's way with him, crushingly so, and yet something beautiful is upon his life and always has been, and yet our enemy sensed it. Beautiful Ezra, beautiful Ezra, look what this young man has already endured. Note that. Take note of that. Because you don't become your shimmering self when you just breeze through life. I've said this before and I believe it so much that the gold is found in the hard, 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 hard places. Down in those deep cracks, that's where the gold is made and the gold is found. So watch Ezra's life. Amen? Speak that prophetically for Ezra in Jesus. Yeah? The second point is when you see someone under opposition, and I say this, the disclaimer is here, with Father's leading, because not every battle is ours, with Father's leading, if you want to know the God's will, look for the leading, look for the opening, the crack in the ice. Follow it then. If it doesn't appear, don't go there. Because um, not every battle is ours. When you see someone coming under opposition, weigh in. Weigh in. Get in there. Um, with that leading, with Father's leading. Yeah? It's a beautiful moment in the Lord of the Rings. They're all, there's the first time that the fellowship is gathered in Rivendell. I think that's it, where all the elves live. You know, and they offer, as Frodo sets out, my sword, my shield, my spear. I'm not sure why people are giggling. Um, <laughs> it's... A, oh. Um, that's a really, really beautiful moment. That's, that's what weighing in looks like. Yeah? You offer your strength. You offer what weapons you have. You offer what gifts that you have. Weigh in when you see somebody, somebody coming under proper opposition. Not just somebody whinging their head off. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we see people where life is really starting to crush and, uh, and, and, or put them right off off offline, right off off the bearing. Yeah? 
weigh in with your gifts and things. Um, the third point is um, don't be frightened by opposition. We're encouraged time and time and time and time and time again in scripture, do not be afraid. Don't be frightened. Don't let fear come in. Do not let it sit down. Do not let it get past the threshold. Do not let it establish itself in your life or in your thinking around something. And if it's doing that, talk to somebody about it, which is bringing it out in the light. I did that yesterday with my wife. You know, things that I had to contend with this in the lead up to this, this day. I had to bring it out and I talked to my wife and not just to get her advice, but I brought it out of here and the turmoil that can be here. And it comes out. Don't share it with everybody. Not Facebook. Not, not that kind of setting. You don't have to get up here and tell everybody. Share it with one other. And it comes out into the light. And we speak it and we hear ourselves speak it and we gain clarity and we, we realise whether it sounds ridiculous or not. And, we, and another human being reflects it back and we hear. Yeah? And then the fear. The fear is often thwarted often thwarted. Don't be frightened. See it. I've written here. See it for what it is. Note it. Close ranks. Yeah? Work in the opposite spirit. This is a key thing. Work in the opposite spirit. You know all about that, Chris. Work in the opposite spirit of what is happening. So if, if, if anxiety is coming upon you, trust. Work. Work at trusting. Gather somebody alongside you who will help you trust. And it's like, I am collapsing here. And uh, help me, you know. I often do it with Andrew, and he with me. You know, this is too heavy for me. I am sinking. I don't know what to do here. I am deeply anxious about this. I am deeply worried about this. If someone is offended, be trusting. If somebody is 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 afraid, be brave. You know, somebody who is hesitating, take a step for them, with them. Yeah, operate in the opposite spirit. Quiet in the atmosphere. We even have it here. There are times when we gather here to pray and sometimes the worship team is still in turmoil. <laughs> Incredibly. Still here in those few minutes before the service. Sometimes it can be. And there'll be times when even good Christian music playing for the back, we go, somebody go turn that down. And we sink into the stillness of God. In stillness is my strength. Yeah? Quiet in the atmosphere. Um, call people to pray is the other point I have. And, beautiful word, that I had to extend to somebody this morning, press on regardless. Press on regardless. That, that, that's an acquired skill. <laughs> it doesn't always come early in our lives and can easily be eroded at any point in our lives um, to press on regardless. Like everything, we see our superheroes in their movies and they, everything is flying by them, isn't it? There's always that moment when they stride out of the, the chaos and the scream of destruction around them or they, and it flies by them and they remain beautifully made up and their hair is perfect, and there's not a mark on their uniform, you know, or their suit. <laughs> Press on regardless. Um, because, and I've written here as a final point, the enemy often overplays his hand. And then it's all obvious. Then you see the scheme, and you see the crafty, sly, 
cunning scheme. Usually over plays his hand. Time and the time again I've seen it. There's an arrogance that accompanies every bully that's there in our enemy as well. There is. I, I spoke four weeks ago about finding God's will and yes, our enemy has a will for us too. But ultimately, God's will is the better fit. It's perfect in every way. Yeah? Um, but it needs to be welcomed. And I'm just going to ask you to stand with me now. Right? It needs to be welcomed. Um, close your eyes. Hold out your hands. Because there are many spiritual gifts at our disposal for sure, but one of the simplest and the most beautiful acts of warfare is to welcome God's will and Jesus as your beloved, as your children, as the apple of your eye, as the ones that you did all this for, the cross, the, all of that, and so much more coming here. We welcome that. We step into that. Jesus, we welcome your kingdom over our kingdoms and domains. And that means over everybody that God has naturally interlocked you with. Yeah? Friends, colleagues, children, anyone you interact with regularly. When you welcome the kingdom of God over your kingdom, that's what you're bringing it over. Jesus, be our light, be our joy, be our peace, be the beauty and the glory of our lives. We welcome you. We worship you, but we welcome your will over our lives and over our loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. There it is. Woo! Made it. Two minutes over time. Sorry, Andrew. There we go. Have an awesome day. Be aware of things out there. <laughs>